Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawker, and Big Swing. You did one hell of a job, and the only thing else I got to say is, how about Jim Jowell? Yeah! Episode 120, ladies and gentlemen. Well, I should say 120 since we changed the name anyway. Uh, how is everybody doing? It is Monday again. It's a jubilant Monday. Uh, Raw is, you know, back on track. It's got new, you know, new faces, new names. Uh, and all three of our football teams won this weekend, um, including the most important of all of them, the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, it's a good weekend for me. It's a good week. Um, you know, all three of our te- – well, actually, two of our teams are in first place. Um Unfortunately for for Icon, uh, he has Aaron Rodgers in his division. Um, but uh, but I mean, how's everybody doing tonight, Granny? How are you feeling? How is how is Icon feeling? I Icon, I saw you were at um, some events this weekend. You were the first one in line. You got some trophy. You got a bunch of stuff. Like what what, what was that about? Well, I was actually first in line for the NDSU Winter Fan Day where you okay. get to see the Summit League trophy. And I was the only one that got a picture with both the women's basketball team and the men's basketball team, who are – the men's basketball team is ranked number one, and they are predicted to win the Summit League, win the tournament, go to the big dance again. So hopefully that will continue – the women's team has been down since we went to Division One. They're the only teams that have not went to the NCAA tournament, so hopefully that will turn around this season. I'm optimistic. Um, when you say number one, do you, mean, do you mean in your conference? Because they're not number one in the country. No, in the conference. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. They have not lost anybody off the team that went to the big dance last year, so – 
hmm. than every other team in the summer league has. Okay. So okay. it's going to be a good season. And wrestling okay. is scheduled to be tops in the Big 12 because of who we have returning. And, of nice. course, nothing can stop the Bison. As a matter of fact, because of NDSU, ESPN Game Day is going to be in Brookings, South Dakota, Saturday for the NDSU-South Dakota State-Dakota marker game. So that is exciting. I I take it that's a big game usually? It's for the Dakota marker, and this is probably going to be for the number one and number two seed in the FCS because number one is NDSU, who always has a tough schedule, Number two is James MU, JMU from the Colonial School, yep. uh, Colonial, that, that doesn't play anybody, and South Dakota State, who's in third place, who's also from Missouri Valley. Well, you say, you say they have an easy schedule, Icon, but they just roll over people. I mean, they're averaging 50 points a game, it seems like, every every, every year. I, I don't know if it's necessarily considered a, a tough schedule, but... Anyway, we will get into that in a little bit. Um, as much as um, as much as I love talking sports, um, you know, obviously this is a, a wrestling program with a few extra add-ins on it. But I, I got my fair share of uh, of sports earlier this morning uh, on my morning show. Um, you know, with all the football this weekend and all that stuff. So I could talk about that for hours and go into all the stats and the analysis and argue with you about sports in general for hours because that's what I do. This, however, is a wrestling program, so let's break that down a little bit. Icon, who do you got coming on the show tonight? And uh, we actually had to shift somebody over to next week. Who's coming next week as well? Well, we have a special guest host next week. We have Uh Mary Gardner returning, and uh, she's going to be giving away a special special giveaway for us, something that she might be wearing on the show. So we'll be talking about that. Also, okay. this week we have uh, Yvonne Sieber. Uh, she is awesome. She is one of the uh, owners of uh, CPW Wrestling. She's the owner and promoter. We have Combat Soul nice. Wrestling. And we also have Lingerie Fighting Championship. Uh, the ladies returning from there uh, also with us. So that should be fun. And, of course. Different ladies from uh, last time or the same ones? Different ones. Different ones, nice. I mean, I mean, I have, nice, I don't know like, meaning I don't like the ones we had, but I mean, it's cool that we're getting more, you know. Yeah, yeah it's you know, it's always uh, it's always uh, a catch twenty two. Whoever they send us, we take. And this week mm-hmm. we have uh, Phoenix Kid, independent wrestler from uh, which you would call the independent circuit from P N W Wrestling, the master one himself, Phoenix Kid. We have Sue Ann Burtonson, and we have Mike Braden. Uh, Mike Braden is the director of the Icons documentary. We're going to talk to him about that. And Sue Ann Burtonson, is, uh, she's got a Christmas album out, and she's got a, a great uh, religious Christian album out that she's going to talk about. And some of the music from that CD will be featured on my documentary. So it'll be interesting to have these two together to talk about that. So people might say nice. that this is a show pandering to me. In a way, it kind of is. In a way, it kind of isn't. The thing is, the most important people to me 
as far as entertainment, Granny and Big Swing, I want to be part of this. So it's a way to kind of kick things off in the mix. Nice. And, and, so you know, and you know what's coming down the road. You know that, you know, eventually, eventually we're going to have a Granny Hulkster documentary and we're going to have a Big Swing documentary. You know that's going to happen. So... I mean, yeah, 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 right, right. You, you right. don't think we're going to have a Granny Hulkster uh, documentary? Well, well you know, know. Oh, no, go ahead, Icon. Well, I think that'd be interesting. Granny Hulkster's, Granny Hulkster's got some collector's cards that were made. Well, we'll, we'll start with that. Uh, she's got some collector's cards out there. They're really super cool. The reason why I know that is because the Icon made them. And, mm. you know, I love the big swing, but if you were to have a documentary, you know, I, I think a trailer for Star Wars is longer. Uh, you know what, though? It probably is. But the funny thing about it, though, is, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure um, that that I, I would want one of those. You know, there, there, there's a lot of stuff that I don't want people knowing as well. I mean, you know, I, I, I come on. You know, I come on the radio and I, I have a persona both on this show and on my sports show. I have a way of a uh, – people, especially in my local area, think a certain way about me because they hear some of the things I say regarding sports uh, on my show. I don't know if I want to compromise that. I kind of like the, uh, the character that I portray. So, uh, and, and it's much different. Trust me, it's much different than on this one. Um, Wait. So, I can uh, – yeah. and then who do we got? Uh, what was that, Granny? No, I was just going to say, you know, he was talking about this collector card that he made for me. I actually have a very good friend that wanted to know how he could order those for his daughter because his daughter is one of Granny's fans. I mean, Granny has a lot of fans out there in the wrestling world. She does. I bet she does. And, you know, and I've actually, I've kind of been a part of um, a documentary type thing for Wrestling for a Cause, you know, so Granny kind of already kind of been out there, you know, but, um, you know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, like I tell everybody, I'm just me. I'm I'm nobody special, even though a lot of people try to put Granny on a pedestal sometimes. I'm, matter of fact, I kind of was, our anniversary show for WFC was Saturday night, and they kind of had me kind of talk about a couple of the big matches there afterwards and I kind of they kind of got Granny's opinion of WFC over the past eight years so you know I mean Granny's out there you know I mean a little bit here and there you know I wish I was in the main studio for this so I had all of the soundbite clips uh, available to me because when you just said that about how they asked you, you know, for uh, opinion and whatnot at the end, I was going to hit the uh, the clip from old school. Oh, no, excuse me. The clip from uh, Anchorman. I, I'm kind of a big deal. I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. I was going to I was gonna play that clip, but I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have it in the side. I, I don't have it on the, on the sidebar in the, in the side studio here. So, um, You're but, something but that, else, Big Moving right along. Moving right along. Well, just in case I, just in case I, you know, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to put a little extra time in afterwards tonight and just transfer all those over to here 
so that if I do get an idea, I can just play it and not have to like be like, oh, I missed a shot, you know? So, um, so we'll see. We'll go from there, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, so uh, we went over that. We went over next week, and uh, I got, we got a big show tonight as well. Uh, also looming on the horizon, uh, as you guys may have heard, we have a, uh, a potential deal in place set up uh, for streaming on 95.9 KRFF or Radio Free Fargo. So uh, we're hoping that all goes through uh, and everything everything works out. I mean, a big station there, they do a lot for their community as well. So uh, hopefully everything um, everything goes and continues to go forward for us. So, uh, Icon, so we got, so we got some guests calling in tonight. Uh, another big show for us. Uh, Deb Gardner's coming next week. Lingerie girls next week. Who's tonight? Where'd he go? Is he with us? I don't know. Where he, where did he disappear to? I, I, I already told you already. We have Phoenix Kid, Sue Ann Bergson, and Mike Brayton. I already said that. I know, yeah, but I, I missed... I, Oh, he did. Okay, I missed it because yeah. I had I had I had a headphone off of one ear because I was I was listening to something. So okay, well anyway, so we got that tonight. Um, that was my fault because like I said, I had a headphone off for a second, so I missed that. Um, because you know I'm special. You guys are special. You actually have I actually have headphones on when I'm talking to you. That's interesting. You know that's why I hear everything so in depth. Um, so let let me ask you guys this then. We're we're a couple shows. We're a couple shows in. Uh, with AEW. We're a couple shows in now with WWE, uh, with since their new quote unquote transformation. Um, do you guys feel like, you know, WWE is is starting to get back more into their their uh, older ways when it comes to these extreme rules matches, when it comes to a little bit more violence, a little bit more sultry storylines? Um, because I mean, I feel like AEW. Don't get me wrong, I love JR. I love, you know, what they got going on, but it just seems like it's just pure chaos over there. It doesn't really seem like they have a lot of storylines being developed. It just seems like it's all just willy-nilly chaos. So I'm hoping AEW can get their writers together and, and make uh, a bit of an intriguing story as well, because that's always something WWE's been able to do. Yeah, the action hasn't been necessarily great, but they've usually been able to make a pretty compelling story. True. Well, you know, I, I mean, think, I don't oh, think go ahead, Icon. I don't think they're going to change. You, you, you don't think you don't think AEWs? You think it's just going to be like random chaos all the time? Yes, I do. Especially when okay. you got uh, Triple H and Stephanie running the show. It's just not. I don't know. Wait, running the show in AEW? No, uh, the way that they run the show in the WWE. They're not going to do anything to compete with AEW. They're not going to do Oh, no, no, no. What I was asking was, do you think AEW is just going to be random chaos all the time, or will they actually start to make compelling storylines to try to keep up with WWE? Well, I think it's going to be random random chaos for a while to keep everybody off kilter, and then they'll start manifesting in more storylines. Okay. And I definitely think that they need a um, – a better women's division. Uh, I, I mean, they, they got some good guys on the men's side, but I mean, really, the only two women worth a crap over there are Britt Baker and uh, and that Asian chick, and I can't even remember her name. 
Um, so I, I think that's the one thing. NXT has some good female wrestlers. Obviously, we know WWE has some. TNA even had some. Uh, I'm just shocked if some of these TNA people don't go over to uh, AEW pretty soon because that's really the one thing they're missing is a, is a solid women's division. So um, what do you guys think so far? It, it looked to me, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but it looked to me like uh, during the off time between quote-unquote retiring from the WWE and starting up in AEW, Chris Jericho packed out some pounds, hasn't he? Yeah, 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 he has. He's been, he's been on tour with Fozzie, so that's why. He hasn't really been in the gym. And, and you know, I've I, I always liked Fozzie Jericho, but... Uh, what did you say? Fozzie was where? In North Dakota? In Fargo? In, in Fargo, yeah. Fargo did you go to the show? Uh, I snuck backstage. Oh, nice. But that's nice. But that's a story for another time. Our guest did you get thrown out? So be watching for that. I will. So, um, when you're looking at these these big storylines uh, going on right now, what what I'm looking at watching Raw, you know, when when Kane first came into the WWE, you know, remember he ripped the cage door off at Bad Blood '97 and all that, and he was supposed to be this unstoppable monster who was immune to pain and all this other stuff and yada, yada. Well, I, uh, I think that that's what they're trying to do with the fiend after watching that hell in a cell match and seeing him be sort of, uh, you know, nothing really phases him. I, I honestly, you guys might not, but I honestly like what they're doing with the Bray Wyatt angle right now. And I mean, I've always kind of liked the Wyatt, but but I like what they're doing with the Fiend and Bray Wyatt right now. Um, do you think maybe they've got a they, they've got a bit of a gem here, or do you 100% feel like they're gonna mess this up somehow? Oh, of course they will. There's no question. What about you, Granny? Well, I'm not. I've never really been a big Bray Wyatt fan. I mean, and. I really don't like the storyline that they're doing, like the fiend. I just, you know, I don't care for it, but that's just, no, I don't. I don't. It's just, that's my opinion. You know, I mean, but like I said, I've never been a big Bray Wyatt fan to begin with. So he was never one of my favorites. He was never, he was never one of my favorites, you know. Well, see, I liked him because he reminded me of The Undertaker, which in a way reminded me of my childhood. And, I kind of liked that. The reason I like the Fiend storyline is because they're they're doing it uh, an interesting way. They're doing it where, you know, he's like this fun, innocent, happy dude when he's Bray and he's in the Firefly Funhouse, but he turns into this crazy demon monster. I, it's like a metaphor for the, 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 the demons inside all of us. And I think that, you know, there's nothing quite like that character anywhere in wrestling. And, you know, I think the mask is cool. I think the whole thing is cool. I just, I don't know quite what to think of it yet. I I think I will, if they continue the way they're going with it now, I think it'll grow sour, but if they can make it compelling, kind of like what they did with, you remember when, when Randy Orton burned down the house with sister Abigail's house and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Compelling. 
you know, Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt's feud was a little compelling. So far, it's been him and Seth Rollins. I want to see him mix it up with some other people, too. And what I would do, now again, they, they don't pay me the big bucks to write storylines, but what I would do is I would have Bray Wyatt or The Fiend um, try to break down Seth Rollins mentally and physically. Start attacking superstars, you know, uh, well, basically put it, like, put it this way. Have him not give Bray Wyatt a title shot. Say, no, I already beat you once. You don't deserve a title shot. Yada, yada, yada. This is over. Have him start attacking superstars in the back, saying, you all can end this. It, it would be, you know, it, it, it's Seth Rollins' decision. Um, start beating people up. Eventually, all of them come to Seth Rollins and they say, listen, you got you to give this dude a title shot. Because he's he's been terrorizing the locker room, he's been beating everybody up. Then Seth Rollins, who's now making his heel turn, it looks like, uh, still continues to say, "No, I already beat him. He's not as good as me. That's over." Blah 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 blah. And the fiend starts going after family members of Seth Rollins or personal friends of Seth Rollins and have stuff at, at you know stalking him outside. At, you know, you see a thing of Seth Rollins at his house, and you see the fiend stalking him around the house or. You know, kidnapping his wife, or a beat, well, which would be Becky Lynch, or or beating beating up, you know, his brother, or whatever it would be, and just have it be to the point where Seth Rollins is completely mentally broken, finally concedes, and then uh, gives him the title shot, and then if you want Seth Rollins to continue to be your champion, obviously you have him rise to the occasion and overcome adversity and win the match. Or if you want to take the belt off of Rollins and give it to the Fiend, you make the Fiend look even more dominating by not only breaking down one of the toughest superstars in the company, but also then taking the belt from him as well. So, so there are two ways to spin it, and and it's a long, drawn-out storyline. But I, that's what I would do with it. I would make it compelling and and make it be like, wow, what's the Fiend going to do next this week? You know, and and and, and almost tune in. Uh, like leave everybody, leave everybody guessing. Leave yeah. everybody guessing, like, what's going to happen now, you know? What's he going to do, yeah. But that's what I would do, but that's, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not getting paid the big bucks by creative to make this stuff up, so, you know. Although we should. They, they, we could do much better with creative. We've had this conversation before. We would do much better in creative than what they got now. And we've proven that many times. Because when we bring something up on this show and we talk about it, because there's creative people listening to the show, we know that. Whenever we talk yep. about it, it changes the next week because we already discovered what they were going to do because they're so predictable. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that's an honor for somebody uh, from, from their company to actually listen to us. I just wish that they would give us a little bit of credit for it. But, you know, hey, uh, beggars can't be choosers. Um, I count, uh, the caller you said should be calling in pretty soon. I got nobody on the switchboard at the moment. Well, I I uh, I just texted him again, so we'll we'll just keep going with this. And yeah. our no next problem. guest, our second guest, is supposed to be calling in 23 minutes, so we'll just go with it. And uh, if we have to reschedule the yes, we can do that. That's fine. However, I will say this: right now, our show is now 36 longer, 30 seconds longer. So far, than that joke of a show up in Winnipeg. <laughs> well, 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 wouldn't you say it's it's actually six minutes and thirty seconds longer? This show only goes thirty minutes, right? 
Uh, it only went 23 minutes the other day. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't listen to it, so I didn't know that. But, okay. Are you guys hmm. checking out this commercial right now for the, the new WWE video game? Are you checking it out? It's not bad. It looks pretty cool. Sha- uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart just shook hands. It was kind of cool. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit strange to me Steve because... And, uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan shook hands in this commercial. What an interesting... What an interesting commercial. It's a bit strange to me, though, because even to this day, I mean, that was, what, 22 years ago? And those two still hate each other. You know, the Montreal Screwjob. In fact, the Montreal Screwjob was 22 years ago next month. And they, those two still, well, actually, I bet you. I, I, I think they've reconciled since then. They really, You know, I don't think that's an issue anymore. I don't know. I mean, possibly. I don't think they. I, I don't think they'd go as far as to you know shake hands. But you know, who knows? I, I could be wrong. Well, you know, when Bret Hart finally came back, they apparently let bygones be bygones, and they did that DVD together. So I, I don't think it's an issue anymore. All right. Well, who knows. And you said Stone Cold was shaking hands with who? Hulk Hogan. Oh well, that's I, I don't know why that's why that's shocking. I mean, those those two I don't really think ever had an issue, but um, they have. Yeah, Stone they have. Cold and Hulk. Because yeah, because when Hulk Hogan went to WCW, uh, Sonny Steve Austin got the shaft and went to WWE WWF at the time. It became a a bigger superstar than Hulk Hogan did ever. Huh? What what happened is all those all those older guys wouldn't get out of Stone Cold's way or Sonny Steve Austin's way, and then they parted ways. They fired him via FedEx by an envelope, and he went to ECW. And it was Bret the Hitman Hart who said. I can do a lot of stuff with this guy. Let's get him over here. He started out as the ringmaster, had Ted DiBiase as a mouthpiece, and Stone Cold, we know, doesn't really need a mouthpiece. We didn't know that at the time. True. But he was known as the ringmaster because he was a great ring tech, uh, in-ring technician. Catch the name the ringmaster. And then when Mr. DiBiase went to WCW, Stone Cold was born, and the rest is history. Hmm. I just never know. I just never knew Hogan had a had a beef with that though. Oh yeah, Stone Cold always had a beef with him. Okay. Okay. It's good to know. See, if I don't know something, Granny, I just ask the icon. I mean, he's like an encyclopedia <laughs> of wrestling knowledge. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So. I've got a little interesting tidbit to share with you gentlemen tonight. Oh boy. We have a Let's new go. we have a new independent federation that's gonna be starting here in Arkansas and they're supposed to be doing their first show November second. Well, the guy that's the promoter and the booker and everything and um he emailed me and we've been kinda of going back and forth with emails, I mean, for the last couple days or so 
he wants me to be president of the Arkansas Championship Wrestling Fan Cup Fan Club. And I'm like, well, thank you. I'm honored. So what do I have to do? And basically, he wants me to, you know, share and spread the word about the shows, which I can do that. And he said at the first show, he's going to have me stand up and he's going to introduce me and let all the fans know that I'm going to have all the info on Arkansas Championship Wrestling. And then he wants me so to post on my face. He wants me to post on my Facebook page, like which wrestler that I thought stole the show of that particular, you know, night. So what I'm going to do is when I do that, I'm going to tell the fans, say, well, you know, this is just Granny's opinion, but I want to get you all involved, you know, as a fan. So I'm going to let them comment on their opinion who I who they thought stole the show too. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know why they want me to do that, but they do and so we'll see how that works. So nice. is Granny Hawks gonna become the next triple H? No. I am not a booker. I am not a promoter. I am just a fan. That's all I ever want to be. They just want me to, you know, give my opinion on the matches, which is fine. So you what know? you're saying is you're not gonna, you're not gonna take a DDT in the center of the ring. No, no, my my health would not. I have a pacemaker, dear. I mean, if I if somebody gave me a stunner or something in the ring, or a tombstone or a pedigree, I don't think there'd be. I don't think Granny would survive. Oh, geez. Well, we don't want that. No. I mean, you know, I want to be around a few more years, you know, so. But I I was very humbled and very honored when, when he asked me, when he he told me that they were going to do that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, you guys, I'm going to work hard moving our second guest up. So uh, be ready to be watching the board. So mm-hmm. hopefully they got the message. I already know what's going to happen. It's kind of like, you know, Icon, it's kind of like when you lose something and you're looking all over the place for it and can't find it, and then the minute you stop looking for it, it all of a sudden pops up. Well, this is what's going to happen. We're going to move our second guest up and everything, and then as soon as the second guest comes on, the first guest is going to call. Well, uh, the the second guest uh, would uh, would be on, uh, would be next in line, and uh, We'll just uh, do the second guess, and uh, first guess we'd have to re- we can read books. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that is if the uh, second guess gets my uh, message to call in. Now is the thing. Well, we have somebody on right now, Icon, with a seven zero one number, which matches yours. That's her. That's her. That is. All right. Let me um, let me do this. Let me uh. Jump over to the correct board here, because um, for some reason I'm not connected to a phone. Okay, here we go. All right, Icon, I'm going to let you do your thing. Put it on. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, she is what you would call the angel that sings from the mountain of high. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the most beautiful Gospel singer in the history of gospel singing sensations. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Sue Ann Burtonson. 
Hey, this is Sue Ann Bernson. You're listening to Attitude Era Live with your hosts, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. Hey, Sue Ann, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? We're good. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. We have uh, Sue Ann Bernson on here. We have uh, uh, 30 minutes with uh, Sue Ann, and what we're going to do is we're going to kind of have you hang on a little bit after the interview uh, because the director of uh, my uh, documentary, uh, you know, uh, I told him about uh, some of your music, and uh, we want to use some of your music for the documentary, so we'll talk about that after the interview. But uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of go into this. If you want to give us a little background about yourself, and then we're gonna uh, then we're gonna interview you. So if you want to tell, give us a little background, we'll talk to you. Okay, uh, just general background. Yeah. What? Okay. Well, um, I grew up singing in church and really enjoying it. I did I sang a national anthem for all the high school basketball and football games. Uh, sang in, in high school contests and did a lot of um, even just, you know, concerts for communities and church. Um, I studied music in college as well, as well as elementary education and I went on to teach voice lessons, piano lessons. And, and uh, yeah, I just always enjoyed um, singing and I also play the piano, uh, do a lot of piano playing for various things too. So. And if I'm not mistaken, you're also a homeschool teacher, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I've homeschooled all of my kids. I have two left at home now, so it's been kind of fun. Fun to uh, gotta get more family time that way. It's been a nice, a nice uh, be able to be able to spend time uh, and and have regular meal times, maybe a little bit more than than we would otherwise. And so that's been good too. And trying to give my kids an opportunity to to uh, get involved with music. We've have done a lot of family concerts and various things over the years as well. So it's been fun. So being a homeschool teacher, I guess uh, one day uh, all your kids will be eventually graduates of UPS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That That's that's the best joke you'll ever hear. You know, I put out a comedy CD a couple years ago that went aluminum. But anyway, we're, we're here to talk about your CD. <laughs> there you go. I was waiting for that. So uh, uh, I'm going to kind of give a little background about uh, yours and my history, and then we're going to talk about uh, your different albums. Sure. CDs. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, what uh, a lot of people don't know is, uh, well, many of our listeners know that uh, a couple years ago I had a rare stomach disease where I had to have my stomach removed and I had to have an operation. And they asked me, if there was any requests I had, you know, for when I come out of surgery. And Sue Ann, who who uh, either is fortunate or unfortunate to have to sit behind me at uh, baseball games uh, and have to put up with that annoying, that annoying fan type deal, she gave me one of her CDs. She autographed it to me. And uh, I asked them if they would play the CD uh, in the room uh, when I when I came out of uh, anesthesia and whatnot, and uh, the first song that I heard when I came out of that, and uh, uh, and I, you know, it's your song, but I refer to it as my song because the first song I heard is called uh, "Praise His Name." 
was the first song I heard when I came out of uh, my surgery. And uh, it was like an, the angels were singing to me. And I'm not just saying it because it's you, because you're on the show with us. <laughs> but it was the first thing I heard, and it was the most beautiful thing I heard ever at that time. And I still listen to that song every day. Really? I do. Yeah, well, it is a really, it's a very encouraging, comforting song. I, I'm glad that it was, that it was so good for you when you, um, yeah. So you've uh, you put out a, a, a few CDs. Now I want to talk to you about each individual one, and then uh, uh, at the end here, uh, you can tell our fans how to get them. Uh, what was the? Uh, I, I have three here. Uh, what was the first one that you put out of the three? The first one was called Menagerie, and that was in 2002 or 2003. It came out in 2003. That's and that one was with the first. No, nope, um, I didn't send you that one. I guess I, I just it was. I was the only one that I didn't send you a copy of. Um, but no, that one I did in 2003. It was it just a menagerie. I named it Menagerie because it was a a collection of just the kind of music that I had been singing kind of all my life to up to that point and. So it, it had, um, you know, some patriotic songs on it, some gospel songs, some old hymns. It had pa- some Patsy Cline, uh, just a wide variety of, of music that I just really enjoyed singing. And I kind of at the time thought, oh, I'll probably only do one recording. I probably won't do another one. And so I kind of just lumped everything together. And and so, um, so yeah, that was the first one that I did. And then it seems like it's been every six years I, since that time I've recorded another CD. And so it's been... Really, really enjoyable. And how many songs are on that first CD? I think that one has 15 on it. And uh, if our fans wanted to uh, to find that or buy that, is that available? Yes, I still have copies of that one. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, maybe if I, uh, you know, I'm actually sad to admit I didn't uh, get to see you at all this summer. Uh, this is the first summer I didn't get to see you at all. Yeah, I know. We didn't get to the right games this, this year. Now, normally, no matter what game we're at, you're there. And this year, you weren't there as often. So, And we weren't either, actually. We we didn't get to hardly any games as normally as we do. So, Well, we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to make that up next year. Uh, I'm going to ask yeah. a few more questions, and we'll kinda, then we'll kind of go around the room. So uh, I'm going to ask about your, your next CD, and then we'll kind of go around the room, and then we'll come back and we'll talk to you about the others. Uh, so your next one is Whitefield. Correct? Correct. Okay. Now, that's the one that has – now, like I say, people, our fans may think, well, she's saying it because she's on, but they have the most beautiful harmonized songs ever. And I believe you have one of them that is your your actual song, correct? Yes. Wait, the name, yeah, the White Field song is the song that my husband and I wrote together. Actually, he wrote most of it. I'm really not a songwriter. I did kind of help with the song, but I do not have the gift of songwriting. Um, so that one was our only uh, song that is, a, is an original. And uh, we really enjoyed having, you know, having a song of our own. And we actually have talked about re-recording it um, and doing, you know, a little bit different stylistically with it and having fun with it. But, uh, but yeah, that is, that was kind of the, the, the most exciting thing that we did on, on that uh, album was that we had our own song. And I believe on that album it has 12 songs, correct? Yes. And uh, the others are 
are gospel hymns? You know, yeah, I would say they're the style of Southern gospel, and that is, you know, a very specific style of music that I know it's not that common up in the Midwest, Um, although, you know, we don't get that much exposure to it. Uh, My husband and I had been down in the South for a couple of trips and had heard that kind of music, and we've always been country music fans, so it just kind of lends itself to a variety of styles, jazz, big band. I mean, Southern gospel just within itself has all kinds of styles of music. And we really, really enjoy a variety. And also Southern gospel music is just very specifically music that talks about, you know, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And, you know, um, and then it also talks a lot about heaven. And so we just enjoy singing that kind of music because that's it's important to us. It's just how we live our life. Uh, we have uh, Susan Burton's as our guest here. We have uh, 20 minutes here left, uh, a little longer maybe. Uh, we're going to go around the room, then we'll come back and talk about your other two. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest, Susan Burton? Well, hello. I am Granny Holkster, and I love, first of all, I love gospel music. I, you know, I. I it just, you know, it's one of my favorite things to listen to when, you know, I just need a good pick-me-up or just, you know, like if I'm having a rough day, I just, you know, we have a station here in Arkansas called KLRC that, you know, plays a lot of, you know, gospel music and religious music and just, you know, um, yeah, that's great. Chris Tomlinson, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, what is yeah. your, what is, what is your favorite type of music to sing? I know you said you like country and everything. What's your favorite type of music to do? I mean, you mean within the Southern gospel genre? Well, that, I or? mean, just, well, just, just, just overall, what's your favorite type that you like to do with, whether it's Southern gospel, gospel, country, just, or, you know, when okay. you first got started singing, what was your favorite type, I mean, to get, you know, yeah. to do? Well, actually, I have found that I am nothing like I used to be. <laughs> I started <laughs> out, you know, I, I grew up in the in the 80s. That was, you know, and I, I listened to Sandy Patty, you know, and I don't know if you know who she is. Do you know who Sandy Patty mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. You know how she just, you know, she's a white, high singing, you know, like hitting that last note and, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I I was just a Sandy Patty fan. I don't particularly care for that style anymore as I've gotten, I don't know, exposed to more music. I, I guess what I really enjoy, um, if I'm going to, you know, left to myself, if I was going to pick one style I really enjoy, I would say I love Southern Gospel ballads. And by that mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, a song that tells a story, but the chorus brings you back to the heart of what gospel music is about. And it's, you know, builds and there's a lot of heavy vocal intensity. And that's what I probably would pick of, of everything. But like I said, oh, wow. I like it. Kind of like the song you have, Nothing's Too Hard for God. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of country rock. I love that song. Yep, that's a fun one, too. I, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you, Sorry about that. Oh, no, 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 no. You're you're fine, Icon. You're fine. Yeah, I, like I said, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm a firm believer that, you know, God's going to take care of us, you know, in, in our, in, in whatever's going on in our situation. And when I was still able to work before I started having really bad health issues, you know, I got laid off 
from the company I was working for and you know along with about 700 and some odd 700 and almost 800 people you know we, a bunch of us lost our jobs and I remember I remember walking to my car that day you know my my supervisor she just slammed my box of stuff on the counter and didn't even tell me she was sorry that I lost my job and you know and everything and you know, like this little cartoon, you see the devil sitting on one shoulder and the angel on the other, and you know the devil was trying to whisper in my ear, you know, you know, you, you know, nobody's gonna take, God's not gonna take care of you, you know, you're nobody important. I said, you know what, devil, you just better move on down the road because God's in control of all of this. He's in my life, and you're not wanted here. And within the two month time frame. I found a job within the company so I didn't lose my years of service with the company that I was with. And, you know, I was able to, you know, go back to work and, you know, get a job and, you know, work for, you know, a couple more years till I had to, you know, till the doctor took me off work. I went on medical leave in 2012 because um, I had a history of blood clots for many years. And I actually, a month after I lost my daddy, I had two blood clots and one of them broke loose and went to my lung while I was in the hospital. And the doctor told me if I hadn't been in the hospital, I wouldn't have made it. I would have died if I hadn't come in that mer- in the emergency room that Sunday night that I did. So, you know, God, I didn't know then what God's plan was for me, but over the years, I've I've, I'm part of a small little church now where I help fix breakfast on Sunday mornings, and I help with a wrestling organization that does independent wrestling shows like WWE Wrestling, but without all the drama for kids that have cancer called Wrestling for a Cause, and I'm big in helping with that organization. We just celebrated, we had just had our eighth year anniversary show this past Saturday, and and that's where the Granny Hulkster gimmick name has come into because I like to holler and boo the bad guys. And I I get yeah. in the wrestlers' faces, and they holler back at me, and I holler at them. And they they tell me to sit down and shut up before I break a hip. Or they had one time, one of them <laughs> told me one night, they said, Granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? And I grabbed my <laughs> keys out of my purse. I said, baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I I'm a firm believer that God has a purpose for everything in our lives, and you know, absolutely, I just that's right. Yep. Admire, and then you know, I mean, like I said, because about a, this this happened like about a month after I lost my dad, and my the man that I'm married to now, he's my second husband, and we were just dating at the time, and my son was a junior in high school, and. I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, what am I going to do, you know, and I was so overwhelmed, and then I remember calling David that day, and I said, after I got my composure together, I said, bring me my Bible when you come see me tonight, and he says, why, and I said, I'll tell you when you come, I don't want to talk about it right now, and I just started reading verses, you know, when he brought me my Bible that night, and I'm like, okay, God, I get this, you know, because I was so worried about my mom and my son after my dad died and you know of course David was there for me but I was having to be strong for everybody else you know and everything and I and that's sure. the way I'm always been and I, I've always been you know taking care of everybody else and I don't always think of me but then that kind of got opened my eyes like if you're going to be good to somebody else you've got to take care of yourself too and that really opened my eyes 
in a lot of different situations that I had to, you know, realize that, you know, I was thankful and I was blessed that I did have God in my life, you know, to help me through some of those trying times, so. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Yeah, Sue Ann Burton is our guest here. we got uh, 13 minutes here left with Sue Ann. Uh, and, uh, you know, the one thing, Sue Ann, about uh, your CDs and your music is uh, they're they're very soothing and they're very healing. Uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll kind of uh, we'll go to big swing here, uh, and then we'll come back. I want to I want to talk about your other two CDs because I I, I listen to those too. And I, I'll say this: the cool thing is about technology nowadays is uh, uh, you know because of the invention of MP3 players, I was able to convert your CDs into MP3s. And uh, at work, you know, when we're doing our thing, uh, you, I have all your CDs on my MP3 player. So every once in a while, uh, when I'm doing work, your songs will come over and I'll just start singing them. And everybody's like going, hey, he's listening <laughs> to the angel again, you know? Yep. Oh, that's uh, awesome. I'm glad you were able to do that. Sue Ann Burton, we got we got 12 minutes. What do you got for uh, our guest here, Sue Ann Burton? Go ahead, Bigley. If he's there. Uh, well, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm i not – I don't listen to uh, a lot of gospel. I'll be honest with you. I, um, I'm really, you know, a different, totally different aspect of, of, of music listening than, than either of Granny uh, or, or Icon. But um, I guess – I really didn't have a main question because I'm really not a religious person either, uh, and I'm not I'm not going to to go into that discussion now too because you know I, I'm not it's just would take up too much time and and whatnot I'm not trying to fight with anybody but um, I guess listening to to Granny's uh, story a minute ago, um, do you get being being a, a gospel singer uh, in an area of the country um, that is you are highly religious. Um, do you get a lot of people that tell you uh, their stories, kind of like what, what what Granny just did a minute ago? Like, I mean, is it really rewarding to you, not just because you're doing music that you love, but because maybe the music that you love, uh, whether it's vicariously through God or just just music, you know, in general, um, helps people? I mean, is that is that one of the better parts about about doing that style of music? You know, that's a really, really great question coming from someone who doesn't claim to be religious. <laughs> I, I mean, like I, that question. That's, not, that's a really but, good question. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I, you, that, you're right. That's, um, I, that does happen. It happens a lot. Uh, when, I, when I go and sing for the church or even a community event, and a lot of times, you know, communities, if I'm singing for some kind of a, you know, sometimes they'll say, well, will you do our church service? Or sometimes they'll say, well, will you come in and just do a, a, an evening, um, just entertainment? But they, you know, they want gospel music involved. And many times people will come up to me afterwards and, and tell me, you know, something about a certain song that they, you know, brings back memories for them or, you know, a song that they really understood, um, you know, who God is and who Jesus Christ, his son is, and, you know, through the, the music. So, yeah, that that is a that is why I think... I mean, and I, I'm a music person, and I love all kinds of music. Mm. I mean, I really do. I, it, but, but my heart is in gospel music because I'm an inspirational person on top of it. And, I, you know, I love to yeah. bless people, and I love to hear people's stories. So, yeah, that's a great question. 
And, I mean, uh, and also, do you feel like, well, real quick, Icon, do you feel also like um, perhaps when it comes to, because, you know, music, music is a very um, motivational and inspirational premise to begin with. I mean, I, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, function better throughout the day or, or use music to help them get through the day, if it's, whether, whether it's gospel music or not. But do you feel like perhaps gospel music um, is, is a genre of music that, you know, actually does, like, help people as, as a music form? Like, 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 but, but I guess I guess the form is this way. If you were going through something, right, um, and, and, you know, you, you just said you love all styles of music, is gospel your go-to when you're down to listen to something, or or is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, like do you, you go to that first, or is it something where, like, you understand and you love performing it, and maybe it's other people's go-to, but, you know, like, what do you go to when, when you're feeling a certain way? Is I guess what I'm trying to get at, long-windedly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I would, I guess, if if I'm looking for music to stimulate me emotionally, if I'm down or if I am trying yeah. to get myself, yeah, I would, I would always pick gospel music because, and I teach, um, I teach the, the study of hymns in Sunday school at our church, and one of the things that I mm. tell my kids, I teach fourth through eighth graders, trying to get them to understand why we sing hymns in church oh, yeah. and what they're about. But, but the thing that I I tell them all the time is that. You know, um, music is the gift of song and the melody combined with the gift of words. And that's the true gift because, you know, the best songs are songs that have really great melodies to back up really great words. You know, I mean, the great songs, I don't care. I mean, you can be out of the gospel genre or not, but the best songs tell a great story and paint a picture in very few amount of words, right? I mean, when you think about the songs you love, they tell a great story. But if, but if they told oh, a yeah. great story and they didn't, and they didn't have great music to go with it, you wouldn't really like it that much. Mm-hmm. And if it was really great music and it didn't say much, it's not going to stand the test of time. But when you get both mm-hmm. together, that's when you get the beauty. And for me, the words make all the difference because that's where my hope is. My hope is in Christ. My hope is in, you know, the gospel message of Jesus Christ crucified for me, for my sin. And I can, and I, that's encouraging to me that I have a God that I can go to. Like, like Granny Huckster was saying, you can go to his word and you can see what he promises. And, and so, you know, to find the best melodies with the greatest words and that, that is, mm-hmm. yeah, to get to combine them is, is where the power is at. And, and, and I, uh, last, I like. last question, Icon, I, 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 I know, I know he's chomping at the bit over there to get out to this, but uh, a lot of times, uh, cause I have a radio show up here cause we're in different spots. We're not in the same room. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Icon, Icon, as you know, was up there in, in, in North Dakota, Granny's in Arkansas. I'm up here in uh, good old New York state. And, uh, I know up here in New York, you know, obviously being a radio guy myself, I have a sports talk radio show in the mornings up here during the week. And uh, to the the one thing that I, I love listening to is, you know, guys, the Howard Stern and different big artists, they're big, big radio genre guys. And every time they have somebody who's a music artist on, whether you name the genre, it doesn't matter. It's any genre. They were saying that uh, <clears throat> sometimes the most popular songs that you can name, that you, <clears throat> that every jukebox in America has, takes, you know, w- were written in like 20 minutes. But yet, you know, sometimes they'll sit down and they'll write something for three hours and 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 three four hours and just it's just never perfect and it's not a hit. But sometimes those smash hit singles 
are written in, in 15, 20 minutes. Uh, do you notice that being an artist yourself, that some of the best stuff you wrote uh, flowed out of you rather quickly and you really didn't have to put a super amount of effort in because the it, it just came to you? You know what? I, I, I am not a songwriter, so I cannot oh, um, answer that okay. question. No, I'm a really good imitator. I can imitate all kinds of styles, and I love you know to do that. But I'm not oh, a I thought, okay. I wasn't but sure I if you wrote the stuff, too. Okay. Well, I, I, I partly wrote one song, but I'm not a songwriter. I, but I will uh, tell you that even in the, you know, when I've, when I've been teaching hymns, um, you know, the study of hymns and how they're written, I will, yeah. I will say that many times that is true, that, that, that the melody and words have come together in a very, in a blink of an eye, um, and they've been, you know, tremendous, uh, popular gospel songs as well so so yeah mm. i think sometimes that is very true that you know our, our minds are are pretty amazing and uh, the gift of of art in music is is something that uh <laughs> you can't quantify mm-hmm. as a science per se you know so yeah true, that's true. an interesting point to bring up all right icon she's all yours all right we have uh Stuart Bernson here with us uh uh you got time to hang with us for another segment yeah yeah sure Okay, all right, because we we still got more to talk about, and uh, we still got to get you on with uh, the director of my documentary. So the next album we're going to talk about is uh, Truth to Tell. Now, I want to ask you a couple things about this album. Uh, first off, uh, it is the most beautiful background I've ever seen. Where were the where were the where was this taken at? Where were you at? Um, the pictures they were in uh, kind of by the Cheyenne River in West Fargo. Okay. So yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And on the back, no, I'm... there's a picture. There's a picture of you, and uh, I believe it's your your daughter, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yes. And she's also a singer too. Uh, she was taught by her mom, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we do a lot of singing together. Really enjoy it. And uh, I don't know if you want to, if like, you want me to mention this, I'll understand if you don't. But I'm going to mention it, then you'll say I probably shouldn't have mentioned it. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the gal that uh, you're on the back cover with is your daughter, and I believe that uh, they have a little one on the way. Is that correct? Yeah, within the next couple of weeks. So yeah, first grandchild. So uh, everybody knows. Well, uh, Granny too, but uh, so. What's cool about this show right now is we we have the two most beautiful grandmothers in the history of grandmothers right here. Uh, <laughs> mine unfortunately passed away, but we have Sue Ann and we have Granny Hulkster. So there you go, the two most well, beautiful grandmothers on. on one show. Yes, on one show together. Now, just so, so yeah. you know, Sue Ann, I I have no grandchildren of my own. I have adopted grandchildren. Now my son's dogs; those are my grand dogs, but. Like all oh, my sure. kids at WF, like all like all the kids at WFC, like all the families that Granny has met over the past eight years, all those kids that we do shows for. I mean, the wrestlers call me Granny, their spouses call me Granny, their kids call me Granny. So I mean, it's like I have a bunch of adopted grandchildren everywhere. You know, I have no actual Aww. grandchildren of my own because my son, he'll he'll never get married. I mean, my son was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at 11 years old, and he has a borderline intellectual functioning. So sometimes oh, his mind does not, well, you know, and raising him as, as a single mom for 23 and a half years, that was, 
a challenge in itself, you know. That's why oh, I was sure. so blessed to have God in my life and God in his life because um, my first marriage wasn't the most spectacular thing. So I'll never have grandchildren of my own. So I just have a lot of wonderful friends who I consider family that I've adopted their that's kids great. as, as yeah, my grandbabies. That. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's wonderful. So with this album, it's called uh, Truth to Be – Truth to tell, uh, what was your inspiration on this CD, and when was it recorded? Okay, that CD was recorded in 2015, and you know this, you know we kind of and we did both that one and the Christmas CD at the same time, so they both came out the fall of 2015, and it had been another you know six years since we'd done Wedfields, and um, you know a lot of people had been asking me for, um, you know, when I was going to record again and then a Christmas one. And so, you know, they kind of just came out together. And I picked, a, you know, songs that I just really enjoyed uh, in Southern Gospel again and tried to, you know, get a collection of, of, you know, different styles again to, you know. but I And I didn't have a song that was our own. So then I, I chose a title that was just uh, truth meaning, um, you know, the the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and that's where the truth comes from, I guess, the truth. <laughs> so that's how I got the title. Now, you uh, have done a lot of different uh, concerts for gatherings with, for this CD, correct? Yeah, yep. And do you have any upcoming that you could tell us about? Yeah, uh, actually, this Sunday we are going to be in Cooperstown at a uh, evangelical Bible church, and we're going to be doing their harvest. We're doing a concert for their harvest festival, and then uh, let's see, in a couple weeks after that, we're going to be in Cullum, and we're doing their harvest festival. And then I have a couple more coming up um, in December. We're doing a couple Christmas concerts uh, in December, so yeah, we're excited about that. And oh, and we also have another. Um, we, uh, Seasonally, twice a year, we have a um, a gospel concert in a barn uh, in southern south, south of Valley City. It's a it's an old barn that's been made into a kind of a, a concert hall. And so, um, twice a year, we get invited to do like a kind of like a gospel homecoming where they have various artists come in and sing, and and it's a pretty big big gathering of people. Very very fun. So that's coming up in in November as well. And uh, now. If uh, people wanted to uh, get uh, – now, are there tickets that people can buy, or can they just show up? Oh, yeah. It's just – it's all free. It's all, you know, ministry-type things, so it's it's just show up, yeah. And uh, do you know about how many uh, seats are available that uh, you'll – for how many people you'll be singing for? Oh, you know – Boy, I don't always know because I'm never sure of the size of the congregations that we're going into. But, you know, typically, you know, they're they're not – I mean, most of the churches we do are, aren't are real big churches. So between 50 and 100 people is probably, you know, average. I mean, we've done bigger and we've done smaller. So, And, uh, but of course, when they, when they see that uh... – you're on the marquee, it's, it sells out within a 20 or 30 minutes, correct? Oh, yeah. If there's one, if there's one up, that's for sure. <laughs> Every time. There you go. Now, uh, so we, we've covered three CDs. Now, I want to 
go to my favorite subject. You know, we're, we're getting into the holiday season here. You know, we we got to get past thanks uh, uh, Halloween here, uh, and then we get into Thanksgiving, Christmas. Now, uh, I'm going to ask you about the the Christmas CD. This is what I really want to go to. Uh, we have about uh, I don't know about 14 minutes here with you before uh, the director calls in, and then we'll talk to him with you a little bit. Uh, so. Uh, it's called uh, Christmas on Pearl Street. Yep. Where is Pearl Street, or is that just a, is that <laughs> is that just a name that you came up with? Yeah, you know, actually, this is kind of an interesting story. So, uh, the year that I uh, recorded the CD, our local, um, the high school at at the town that I grew up in, and actually we live near. Um, is re- is in the process of restoring the old high school. My dad graduated from that high school and my grandpa before him. And and so we thought it would be really fun as a family if we could raise money and some funds um, for the old school so they could continue to, to um, you know, renovate it. And so we were talking with the the some of the people on the board, and we I said, you know, I'm, I'm recording a Christmas CD this fall, and, you know, it's the it, – the high school is on Pearl Street in Buffalo, and so we thought it would be really fun if we, you know, I said I could name the, the CD Christmas on Pearl Street, and then we could do a couple of dinner theaters, and then we, and then we served, um, you know, they the committee served the dinner, and then we did a performance. We did two Christmas dinner shows where we did some acting and and singing and skits and various things. So. So that was really fun. So it's kind of so the takeoff. So every year the, the the high school has Christmas on Pearl Street, and they do. You know, we don't always do the dinner theater. We we did it a couple of years in a row, and then um, and then they continue to do various activities um, for Christmas, and they call it Christmas on Pearl Street as well. And my CD is always there. And so yeah, it's been really fun, a fun community thing. And, and the particular songs on the CD are not. Uh, well-known Christmas songs. Uh, they're, 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 it's not. I mean, there's a few on there, like "Oh Holy Night" and "The First Noel," but there's a lot of uh, other ones on here that uh, aren't well-known. How did uh, you decide which Christmas <clears throat> hymns that you wanted to put on the CD? Now, I believe there's ten total, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yep. Well, you know, every every year for the last ten years. Um, the the college, the university that I graduated from does a great big, um, it's a big band Christmas show, and there's several hundred people that come every year. We have a live band, and we sing with it. And so every year I have sung, um, you know, various Christmas songs at this great big band show. And so some of the songs on the CD I had performed over the years with the band, and I thought it would be fun, you know, some like Do You Hear What I Hear and um, Beautiful Star of Bethlehem and uh, Jesus, what a wonderful child! Uh, I think even "Baby Changes Everything" that's a Faith Hill song. Um, so a lot of them I had done with a live band and thought it would be fun to put on my CD. And so yeah, I kind of got um, exposed to you know a few songs that maybe you don't hear every every moment when you're you know listening to Christmas music. But um, but yeah, when you're putting out a CD, you know you always kind of want to do some songs that people know and love and and you know, right away can relate to. And then it's always nice to have a, a few that are new. So, yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, my favorite song on here is uh, number four. And uh, it's an Elvis song. Uh, Blue Christmas. Yep. 
and uh, I, I was going to sing a little bit about it, but I want to keep our listeners listening, so I'm not, well, I don't know. But anyway, I was going to do that, but I decided not to. So all your CDs, you have four of them, which is awesome. Now, if our fans out there wanted to purchase them, where would they go? Are they available on Amazon? Do you have a, a website? How would they acquire them or buy them? You know, the easiest way to get the CDs would be just to go on Facebook and type in Sue Ann Burnson's music or Sue Ann Burnson and just message me, personal message, and I can send them, send them out that way. That would be the easiest. And uh, on, the, uh, on the cover, uh, she's got, uh, for those that uh, want to pick this up, uh, the outfit on the cover is worth, is worth the CD itself. And I'm going to ask you a little bit about that. you got uh, red heels, of course, and you got the, the, the cutest Santa hat I've ever seen. And uh, a red, Now, is that, uh, when you decide to put the CD, is that uh, the, you, uh, you already own that or you went out and bought that? Or uh, how did the outfit, how did you pick the outfit? <laughs> You know what? Um, I owned everything on there, actually. Um, the red dress is a dress that I purchased for one of my singing engagements with the live band. And so, you know, I have a lot of costumey singing outfits from just, you know, live performances. And and so, yeah, I had it all, and it worked. <laughs> I just love it. It's awesome. Uh, we have uh, Sue Ann Burtonson here with us, and uh, we got a few minutes here left uh, with uh, Sue Ann. Uh, and uh, real quick here, I know you kind of touched on it, but uh, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out and find out what your tour schedule is, uh, do you got a uh, do you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe? Tell us what you got. So say that again. I'm sorry, you cut out. Okay, uh, if uh, our fans wanted to check you out and find out your next tour dates or where you're going to be performing, do you have a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe, what do you got? Oh, yes, Facebook and Instagram. Yep, uh, SueBeMe1 is uh, Instagram. And then Facebook, I have two sites, Sue, Sue Ann Burnson Music or Sue Ann Burnson. Either one, it'll, it'll be the my next performances are always are always listed on there. So, and uh, with, with your performances, how often uh, do you uh, have your performances? Uh, do you like try and get out like once a week, uh, a couple times a month, every other month? How often? Uh, uh, how busy is your schedule? You know, because you do the homeschool thing and you do the performance thing. How busy is your schedule? Yeah, you know, I do not. Um, I guess I I don't promote myself at this point in my life I just um I'm I you know I'm available just by people you know word of mouth that sort of thing I don't call around and try to get performance dates or anything like that because I'm I guess I'm busy enough um with what other things that I'm doing but I I guess typically I would say um my concert dates are probably you know sometimes once a month sometimes it's not that much and sometimes i have you know two three in in a month sometimes and and if you count you know weddings and funerals then <laughs> it can get a little bit more so so yeah it's very scattered but uh you know throughout the year i'd say probably you know once or twice a month is probably a fair a fair assessment 
So if, uh, you know, the the icon is going to be getting married on September 26, 2020, uh, if the icon wanted you to sing a few songs at his wedding, what would that, what would you charge for something like that? Oh, well, you know, it, it, <laughs> since I know you, you know, it probably, it, it probably wouldn't be so terribly expensive for you, icon, but. You know, if I don't, it depends on if I know them. Because sometimes I get hired for people I have absolutely no idea who they are. And so then, you know, it's it's usually a few hundred dollars or more sometimes, depending on how far it is, too. Um, but, yeah, if it's family and friends, then, you know, it's we're good. So, Because, uh, you know, uh, you know, because I, I, I believe I've known you since 2008. I've known your entire family. I've got to know your entire family since 2008. Uh, you know, through the uh, through the baseball team here in town, and uh, I want you to know, uh, I want you guys to keep that um, date open because you are all invited because you are all uh, important in my life, and uh, you know we're all friends here, and uh, you know I'd like you to all be there. You know I think it would be cool if you were. You know. Oh, that would be fun. That would be very fun. Awesome. We got we got a few minutes here. Uh, Big swing. Be watching the board for when our next guest calls in. But uh, real quick here, uh, we talked your CDs. Uh, I don't know if you're willing to answer questions about this, uh, but uh, I actually got a couple text messages uh, from a couple listeners that have a few questions. If you'd want to answer them, sure. I don't know if you will or not. But, uh, they were uh, they were actually asking about uh, you know I mentioned that uh, your homeschool teacher. Uh, you know how how does that? Can you explain how that works? Like, uh, like what the curriculum is, uh, how you get the lessons, stuff like that. Would you be willing to discuss that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, um, it's changed a lot. When I started homeschooling, you know, seventeen, eighteen years ago, uh, till now, you know, uh, there's so much curriculum out there. It's really, you know, you you gotta, um, you really kind of know what style you like to teach and, and sort of because it, you get lost looking at all the curriculum. But, you know, each state does have a homeschool convention, uh, curriculum fair, and, you know, speakers and conference kind of thing once a year. Most every state has that. And so we try to get to that. Sometimes we go to the Minnesota one. Sometimes we go to the North Dakota one. But um, there you can talk to different vendors with their curriculum. You can actually touch it, see it, you know, um, We'll probably go to some conferences where they, you know, explain how to teach the curriculum, very much like teachers' conventions, that sort of thing. So, um, and online, a lot of searching online, looking at different curriculum, and word of mouth, you know, talking to other homeschool moms and seeing what they like. And so, you know, it's been, and a lot of online classes, too. There's so many options, really, really good online classes. My kids have been taking, like, some from some of the best teachers in the world are available online now. Um, so it's kind of a different world than it used to be. Uh, education is changing so fast, and uh, you know every every option has its strengths and weaknesses. And uh, we've been enjoying this, you know, the strengths of homeschooling. So, and then when you you know when you teach your kids at at home, uh, you know you you obviously have all the subjects like science and English and math and all that. So when you're when you're teaching them the different lessons and stuff, uh, just do do they then have to like uh, like take like certain tests to make sure that what you're teaching them is and that that they're learning is that how that works or uh, how does how does that come about? You know, again, every state has its own requirements, and um, our state in North Dakota has required 
testing for kids in fourth, sixth, eighth, and tenth grade uh, up until the last couple years. And now they have um, lifted that. They, you don't have to test your kids. And I think the reason is because a lot of times when kids are homeschooled and, uh, you know, the, the parents are, are sometimes they're homeschooling them for a reason and they are on a different, maybe a different time schedule, maybe they're not wanting, you know, a lot of times they're teaching them in a different fashion, and maybe standardized testing is, is kind of thought to be testing only certain ways of teaching, and they don't want to have to teach for the test. So oftentimes you find that teachers end up teaching for the test. And, and so I, I guess I can understand there's frustration there. Um, but on the other hand, standardized tests are kind of a part of life, and so I think it's okay for kids to learn maybe how to take them if you just can can take the results and sit back and be okay with, you know, the fact that, well, they might be, you know, down in this area this year, but, you know, that's okay because they, you know, we know where we're going. And, you know, I think we have to look at education as a marathon and not a sprint. And, you know, you, know, you want a good, a good ending, and there's going to be ups and downs along the way. So I guess I like to test my kids. I usually test them every year just because I kind of like them to get the experience, and I kind of like to to see, you know, uh, where they're where they're good, but I do understand that they have their limits, and standardized testing certainly doesn't test everything. So I think if we keep that I, in mind, that's for all of us, no matter what kind of schooling you do, it's important. I can't. We do have we do have the other guests on the line as well. All right, uh, Sarah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have you hold real quick, and then uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk to the uh, and then we'll uh, ask your permission about using some songs on my documentary. Okay, if you can hold on just like for a little bit. Sure. Awesome. All right. So if you want to bring your guests on, then I'll do the uh, introduction. I just, and we'll well, just, just, to, just to make sure, due to some shenanigans we've had lately on the show, uh, it is a 612 number, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. Just wanted to make sure it's the right person. All right. Um, I'm going to put them through. You do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. We have with us the greatest independent film director in history. He is the man that is going to take the icon all the way to the top of the independent filming circuit. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man that knows no fear. He is Mike Brayton. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, this is uh, Mike Breeden, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. How, how the hell are you? All right. That's hey, awesome. Mike, uh, real quick here, uh, I wanna, uh, uh, I'm going to introduce you real quick uh, to Sue Ann, then we'll let her go, and then we'll interview you. But uh, she, uh, she has a couple great songs that I want to use for uh, the documentary that we're doing about the icon, and uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, so Mike, Sue Ann, Sue Ann, Mike, uh, uh, I get, we want to ask your permission right now, if it's okay, if we use some of your songs from Whitefield on the documentary that uh, you sang. Yeah, sure. That'd be fine if you want to use them. Thank you, Sue Ann. Uh, Scott, the icon speaks very highly of you, so I was, I'm glad to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. And uh, as you can see, Mike, uh, remember I told you she has the voice of an angel? There you go. Yes. She does. <laughs> and it's quite nice. It's also good on radio, too. So do you, 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 you homeschool? Is that, were, you, were, you, were you on just talking about homeschooling? Yeah, sure. Yep, that was me. Okay, yeah, I was listening for a bit. I, I did homeschool for a couple of years, and 
I think it's quite a thing. Did your did your do your students or your kids, I guess, do they go to have they gone to regular school in you know, in public schools or have it always been homeschool? My kids have always been homeschooled. Um although, you know, our local public schools they've taken you know, part in choir and band and you know, the various athletics and speech and you know, so they they've done all that sort of thing. Um but yeah, they've actually never sat in class per se all day. <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I was back telling... and forth, you know. Yeah, I was telling the icon there's strengths there? and weaknesses to all of it, so you just gotta choose what you think is best for your family <clears throat> and go with it. That's right. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Sue Ann, we want to thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, I know that you got to get your lessons plans for tomorrow and everything, so uh, we appreciate it. And uh, when, the, uh, when the documentary is finally completed and everything, uh, we'll make sure that uh, you get a front row seat. And yeah, uh, also, we'd also like you to perform a few of those songs live at the event. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Hey, um, Icon, awesome. you can tell tell the listeners that if they mention the great I am, when they order their CDs, they'll get twenty percent off. I will do Icon. that. So uh, go to Sue Ann Brenton Music on Facebook. Uh, mention how great I am and get twenty percent off. No, no, sorry, the Icon, the Icon. Oh, mention oh mention the Icon and get twenty percent off. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, so all you listeners, get busy right now. Type that in and order it so she knows that I'm a popular guy. <laughs> yeah, go to Facebook, Sue Ann Burnson, or Sue Ann Burnson Music, and mention the icon for 20% off. Awesome. Thank you, Sue Ann. You've been awesome, and uh, I will uh, Thanks, I'll be in contact with you and uh, you. hopefully see you at a few uh, more baseball games this uh, coming summer. Yeah, sounds good. Nice to meet everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good evening. You too. Awesome. Bye. Okay, Mike. Uh, now, uh, uh, now uh, we have uh, Mike Rain here. We got about uh, thirty-eight minutes here with Mike. So, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll uh, we'll interview you. Well, I'm the second oldest in a family of six kids. Uh, we are located in the Midwest. I uh, I have a daughter of my own. I think I'm pushing 40, something like that. I'm semi-attractive, 5'11", Virgo. I enjoy long walks on the beach. Um, I do uh, documentary film work. Uh, the Icon and I were connected through Mad Frank, who people in the Fargo, North Dakota area, and also around the country would know who that creepy dude is, but uh, did a documentary on him, and uh, the icon is in that documentary, and uh, uh, I guess the icon was quite the uh, Mad Frank fan, and uh, so we were able to connect via that, and since then, we've uh, started conspiring and actually started to work on a documentary film about the icon himself. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, a lot of people don't know, uh, real quick shout-out to Matt Frank. I guess they're going to start uh, replaying his show uh, here. 
Did you hear about that? Yeah, to, uh, yeah. Tony Tilton of uh, Moorhead Community Access Media, I think that's MCAM, um, he has uh, taken it upon himself to do the, the genius maneuver of uh, dusting off those old Mad Frank episodes, and then they're going to be running them. Um, to that end, if anybody ever does uh, feel like it and they, you know, they are so inclined, they should consider donating to uh, Moorhead Community Access because they uh, – do real, uh, real Fargo people and get them on the air, and, and, and you know you can find all kinds of stuff on there. Heck, if they've got Mad Frank piping out to the public, they deserve a donation, if, if you ask me. So uh, we have uh, Mike Brayton here. Uh, before we uh, before we uh, get into the ego trip that is me, uh, we'll kind of go around the room and then we'll kind of come back to me. Uh, you, if you want to tell us, uh, you're, you're currently working on a project now. What, tell us uh, about the project you're working on now. Well, there's always a few irons in the fire right now. I'm, after four years, uh, capping the uh, documentary film called The Red's Comedy, finally pushing that out and uh it has been a long time coming like most of my stuff is <laughs> a long time coming but uh thankful to be at the end of that journey and that's a, a documentary film that follows two native american comedians uh, one from leech lake and one from red lake from two different reservations and follows them as they go out to hollywood california uh and they stop at different Native American reservations along the way and visit with other Native American comedians. So it's really a, uh, the first of its kind that really looks into uh, Native humor. And uh, if you haven't experienced that brand of comedy, it is uh, it's the real deal. They're, they're funny as hell. And uh, a lot of it's kind of, you know, they have dry and it's, I don't know, you just have to see it and, and to, and another thing, too, is that they, with what the Native American has had to go through in this country, they, uh, you know, they deserve that. You know, they, they use that to help heal themselves and, 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 and band together. And uh, so comedy is is important, and it's a right, you know, it's a right away, and, and they, they really deserve it and they they've uh they've earned <laughs> their place in the world of comedy and it's just uh this is something that hopefully will illuminate these comedians and let people know that they're out they're out there and they're on the grind and they deserve a, a spot on the on the world stage you know as a matter of fact real quick here then we'll go to cranny uh you know we had uh i don't know it was I don't know, three or four months ago now, we had uh, Williams and Ree on with us, uh, known as the Indian and the White Guy. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, they have a one-hit song out there called, uh, is sung, sung by the Indian uh, in the group. Uh, his hit song is, This Land is My Land, It Is Not Your Land, which I <laughs> thought was kind of funny. Uh, so, uh, we got Mike Reed here. Uh, we got, uh, well, we got about 24 minutes here left with, uh, Mike. Uh, Granny, what do you got for our guest? Uh, we'll kind of circle around and we'll come back and, uh, talk about my ego trip. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that, that's all right, Icon. Well, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting that people like to do things like, you know, documentaries and things like that. I mean, 
I, you know, um, I've been part of, I'm not saying a big, huge documentary, but, you know, I, I help with an organi- wrestling organization over here in Oklahoma called Wrestling for a Cause. We do independent wrestling shows for kids that have got cancer, and I've actually, uh, they did a, kind of a mini documentary type thing. They just celebrated their eighth year anniversary show this past Saturday. This organization has been uh, going on since 2011. So I'm in a lot of their clips and a lot of different things because I'm a big, huge fan of wrestling. But what made you decide that you wanted to do documentaries? Well, I I think I, I relayed this story probably one too many times to the icon, but I was uh, – I was a seven-year-old little dude at a family reunion, and uh, my grandmother handed me the the big old clunky VHS, you know, Magnavox camera, and she said, "Go ahead, you know, take it around and go ahead and videotape people." And basically, I never put the thing down. I just was uh, making movies, you know, all through my years. I became kind of the the AV kid, and uh, I would make little movies using my siblings force them into it, uh, you know, and when I couldn't get them to to do that, to do stunts and <laughs> be put through torture, basically, <clears throat> I would put the camera on a tripod and turn it towards myself. So I just kind of grew up on both sides of the camera and it was always attached to the medium and then basically was self-taught. And then when I got, you know, of age where I could be doing stuff professionally with video, I always was just brought back to the the amazing ability that 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 medium has, which is to communicate uh, real emotions and and uh, you know bring things to light that otherwise you would not have taken enough time on. You know, you get to sit somebody down and for an hour and a half, you know, you have the floor and you get to tell them. And and when I've discovered characters in my life, <laughs> which real human beings that I think like there should be a movie. Is anybody else seeing this character? This person's a character. I just think it's a, it's a very powerful tool. And uh, I guess have always been just prone to turning the camera on what I think are fascinating subjects. And then, you know, it's, it it really is to me, I think it's the highest art form that we have um, that, you know, combines sounds and the, the visuals and, all kinds of different things and you're able to uh yeah communicate emotions very direct directly you know and there's not as much room for interpretation with you know you start a painting and i wonder what they're trying to say here no it's it's basically you are speaking directly to people which i think is uh important in this day and age but yeah that's uh i was going to say to that end with your organization and stuff like that have people has anybody kicked around the idea of a, a well, actually, actually one. Of, well, actually, one of my one of my wrestling buddies. Um, he actually did a documentary on one of WFC's wrestlers, John Cross, and and of course he had a bunch of different wrestlers, you know, talking about you know their opinion of John, you know, in the document. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a very long one. It was a very like a mini one type thing, but. And then, of course, he had me. He he got me in uh, the documentary too, and because, like I said, I'm a big, huge fan. And these wrestlers that I that I've known for many years, I'm not related to any of them, but 
all the wrestlers that I know, they all call me Granny. Their spouses call me Granny. Their mm-hmm. kids call me Granny. The fans call me Granny. And <laughs> and this one that um, one of the cameramen just did not too long ago, um, I got to see it on Facebook, and they they've got me at they're filming me like at the very beginning of the the thing, you know, and and I'm like um, and I'm like. You know, they wanted me to wave to the camera, and I'm like, hello, Mr. Cameraman, and then I hold up my <laughs> WFC Granny Holkster shirt. I said, Granny Holkster in the house, but today I'm I'm representing the man of the people. I'm representing J.D., you know, one of our wrestlers, you know, and everything who's hurt right now. And um, so, you know, I've been, I've been in a lot of different, and of course, I've been to other wrestling federations. I mean, traditional championship wrestling, they used to TV tape all their wrestling shows that they did. Mm-hmm. And they still show the old reruns down in the Little Rock, Arkansas area on TV. And I still, to this day, they quit running in 2013. And I still, to this day, have people come up and they'll either message me on Facebook or they'll see me at a wrestling show. They'll say, hey, aren't you aren't you that lady that wore that yellow shirt at, at TCW? <laughs> I mean, I've I've only had this gimmick name for like twenty plus years. I'm not, and I'm not a wrestler. And my original shirt says, "What you gonna do when Granny Holster goes crazy on you?" You know, and <laughs> and it was kind of funny. We were talking when the show first got started. You know about, you know, and Big Swing says, "Oh, maybe maybe you guys need to do a documentary on Granny." <laughs> You know, and I'm like, well, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll, we'll see where that one goes, but, you know, so, but yeah, I've, you know, I've had, I've, you know, one of my wrestling friends, you know, he did a documentary on John Cross, which turned out pre- to be pretty good, and so I enjoy being able to help this organization, because, I mean, this is not like, I mean, this is like wrestling in a ring, like WWE wrestling, but without all the drama, I mean, they make yeah. it fun, and I try to make it fun for the fans, and course the wrestlers they'll get in my face and they'll holler at me and I holler back and they'll tell me sit down and shut up before I break a hip or I had one tell me they said don't you have a curfew at the nursing home granny and I grabbed my keys out of my purse and I doubled up my fist and I got in his face I said baby I don't need no curfew I got keys to the building so I'm always having to stay one step (laughs) ahead of these guys because I never know what they're going to say to me so you know awesome awesome Hey, before I before I forget, I wanted to ask each of you because I was thinking about the show today. I don't know if I asked last time. Uh, who are your Who are your top three wrestlers out of all venues, or you know, all out of all the rings? Which Which one are your favorite three, Granny? Oh, if you could, mine? Off the top of oh, your head, oh my goodness! Or at least, oh my one. gosh! Well. You know, well, her, I mean, her, her, her knowledge of wrestling goes back to like the turn of the century, so this could take a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, my 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 favorite tag team's got to be Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson, the Robert Rock and Roll Express. As far as you know, professional wrestling. I mean, matter of fact, I just got to see them in Alma, Arkansas, at an autograph signing back in September. And Robert Gibson put his WWE Hall of Famer ring on my finger for the picture that we had take my husband and I had taken with him. And I didn't even ask if I could wear it. He just put it on Granny's finger, you know, and just like for the picture. So they're my favorite tag team. I mean, and I have, of course, I have a lot of favorite independent wrestlers. I mean, I, 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 I've met some pretty big time name people over the years. Hacksaw Jim. I mean, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Trump, Tommy Dreamer. I've had dinner with these gentlemen, you know, so it's like, 
I have a lot of fun when I go to wrestling shows. I just got to meet, matter of fact, last weekend, I just got to meet one of the original four horsemen, Arn Anderson. And he actually oh, asked me, yeah, I actually got to meet him at CWA down in Hot Springs, Arkansas last weekend. And, and of course, they kind of wanted to know where Granny got her name from and how long I'd had my name and everything like that. So, you know, that was that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool getting to meet him. I got to meet Elijah Burke, the Pope. Of course, Buff Bagwell was there. I've met Buff before, but, um, you know, I, I've met a lot of big-time names over the years. So, I uh, I think Icon and Granny can both tell you uh, who my favorite wrestler is. I I know that I'm not even gonna I know what that yeah. answer is gonna be big swing so I I, I think they all yeah, do. Yeah, but remember um, he, he asked us not he he asked you not us so go ahead. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> My number one actually I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Eh, you know it's tough. I I I grew up in the Attitude Era. Um, obviously I was born in '88, so I was a young kid throughout the greatest time in wrestling history so i mean obviously you know guys like stone cold and undertaker and the rock and guys like that and triple h and whatever mm-hmm. all had an impact on my life you know in childhood because that's who i watched every monday and friday you know as a kid however my number one superstar of all time hands down has to be edge now i'm not talking about edge uh, for the benefit of flash photography, corny, stupid edge, and you're Christian. I'm talking about the rated R superstar edge, um, which, in my opinion, is the greatest heel uh, in, in the history of, of, of WWE. Now, my, my um, you know, knowledge and my actual watching <clears throat> expertise does not go as far back uh, as, as the two of them. And, you know, uh, Icon is basically a wrestling encyclopedia, so, I mean, he could tell you everything about anybody in the, in the wrestling business. So not necessarily, um, you know, as, as well-versed as they are, but uh, for me, it was passing the eye test. And for me, Edge, Edge was amazing. Uh, it provided so many moments of just pure wow, you know, um, and, and from a just the crazy facial expressions to the, the opportunistic nature to the, just the, the overall look. I mean, I, I've never had long hair in my life. I can't even grow my hair long. And I always wanted, when I was a kid, I always wanted to have that long flowing hair and all that. You know, I just, I, I wanted to be like Edge, that, that swagger that he had. And, uh, you know, so it was just, it's just one of those things. Plus, I saw him cash in Money in the Bank, uh, the first one ever, uh, live in my hometown. Um, so that was always, you know, and I was in attendance. So that that was always, um, you know, part of the reason too that that I I got a chance to see it. So, um, I, I guess the, the the main question for me, uh, you know, at this point now, anybody who's listening and obviously the three of us know that you're doing this documentary on the icon. I guess the main question is why, and, and, and icon, this is this is this is not a knock on you. I'm just wondering what motivated you to actually take on. I mean, with, with your long uh, list of, of things that you've done and, and, and great, you know, documentaries and, and series that you've made, um, I guess the main question would be why did you decide to take on a story uh, about the icon? 
Well, I think that from when I from the first time that I had met him, on mm-hmm. you know he's he's ex- extremely fascinating character. There's also you know the the fact that it's two characters in one. You know, and that's that's I think is well, it is there, there is that there is that split there. And oh, I'll, I'll tell you when I went to Fargo, uh, I think it was what was that I got two years ago for the for the Maui Madness uh, for the Maui Madness yep. event. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I had never met Icon. He, he was nothing other than a voice on the other end of the line for me. And then uh, when I first got to Fargo, you know, I'm from New York, and you know, it's much different out there in that area of the country. And um, you know, I, uh, I, you know, I land, I go to the hotel, I drive through hours and hours of farmland and, and nothing, and, and, and get out to this quaint little town known as Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, you know. I asked him, I said, hey, I'm looking for a guy, a guy named Scott, because, uh, you know, I didn't know just how big he was out there. And I said, yeah, you know, a guy, Scott Helmrass, whatever, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be meeting up with him. And the lady at the front desk of the courtyard Marriott where they were holding the event said, oh, the icon? <laughs> and right then I was like, uh, yeah, that's that's what he goes by. You know, and uh, she goes, oh, you'll see him. She goes, he's got long hair, walks around in a trench coat, you know, very animated, a lot of chains on. You, you, you'll see him. He'll be around. He's around the building. And I'm like, oh, all right. And, um, you know, now, now again, I'm from New York. And, and when you're from – in New York, it's a different animal. You know, it's, people aren't as trusting. People aren't as, you know, nice per se. Uh, you know, pe- people live on the edge a little bit in New York. So all of a sudden – I, I, I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. I see this guy coming at me, uh, maybe six foot, you know, big, long black coat, black sunglasses, backwards hat, black, long hair, walking with a purpose. I mean, this dude was walking a mile a minute. First thing that goes through my head is I'm going to die right now. This guy's going to shoot up this entire place. And, and, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm like, what did I get myself into? And, you know, and finally – I, I'm like, all right, he's he's coming towards me. I, I think he knows it's me. He's coming towards me, I, and I'm sitting there getting saying like, how how am I going to get out of this situation? First thing he says, he comes up to me. As soon as he opened his mouth, was like, hey, you know, hi, I'm, you know, I are you are you crazy? You know, big swing, blah blah blah. You know, I'm the icon and all this, and I was like, okay, this guy's not going to hurt me. <laughs> you know, I was like, this, this, I don't think he's capable of of, of bodily harm in any sort. So, at, at that point. I was like, wow, you know, um, and when I came back and I was talking about him, I have a sports talk show out here in New York, and I was talking a little bit about it. I was like, sometimes you don't judge a book by its cover, but you judge it by what you read on the pages. And uh, as soon as you as soon as soon you get a chance to be in the same room as the icon, because, you know, I, I do a lot of studying. I, you know, journalist myself, journalism major myself, um, watching how – Everybody knows this guy, and you know, I, 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 I could, you could go to a local gas station in Fargo and just say the name Icon, and don't know who he's talking about. I mean, he's at every NDSU game, you know, very, very uh, up in, in in the local community in terms of events, sporting events, and different things, and he's on TV sometimes at the NDSU games, and it's just, it's one of those things where it's perplexing to me that, you know, somebody. Uh, of, your, of your status would would do a documentary on you know uh, just a normal dude from North Dakota, but then it's also 
perplexing to me and, and fascinating to me that he has become exactly what he tells all of us. I mean, there's really very, very little embellishment with the icon. I mean, sure, he'll he'll get excited and exaggerate things, but I was just blown away by how everybody in that community seems to know who he is. And uh, that's that that was the interesting thing to me because when you're in New York, man, you're a number. I mean, there's there's not you know it, it's so populated that there's you're you're just another face in the crowd. And you know that there's a lot of characters, quote unquote, and a lot of people who who dress weird or act weird or talk weird or do different things in New York. In Fargo, uh, you know he stands out, and I, I think you know for me, I, I just was was curious as to you know. Yeah, you know, you you can tell people stories. You can come on the air, or you can talk to your friends at a bar, or whatever. Hey, there's this guy, the icon. He's pretty cool, and and he's this, he's that, character-wise. But to do an actual docu series on him, uh, I was really kind of wondering what, or not series per se, but a documentary on him. Uh, just really was kind of curious as to, you know, what struck you the most about him when you saw him uh, or met him and, and what made you say, you know what, I'm going to put all the resources I have into making, you know, adding another documentary to my, you know, already vast collection. Mm-hmm. I well, you know, also the, the kind of the timeliness of it uh, is something that I'm extremely interested in. The, the like you brought up in why do a documentary, the, the icon, himself is kind of a microcosm for the the vast world that there is with with the you know facebook and and people's projected mm-hmm. identities and what's going on in real life behind that and you know the icon has told me you know we've had you know long talks about this but you know to be able to give me unfettered access to his full life and see what it's like when he's, you know, you know, he, when he's at, at home without anybody, you know, without any, you know, camera or, you know, just other than my camera, but, you know, just when it's just mm-hmm. him and selfie dog, basically, you know, and, and to, to also meet the characters that are in his life, which I've had the pleasure of meeting a few so far, there's other, there's a cast of characters that are also uh, very, very rich, you know, very, Mm. very uh real very real people and so you you take that the icon the projected image you know and then you crack into that and then you know, go back and forth until you find out you know you know exactly what is standing in between Scott and the icon and what that you know what that es- what his essence is so i'm kind of doing it kind of like archaeology i guess you know try, trying to dig in and see see what the you know what is underneath it and and if he's if he's real 100 percent, it'll be a, i think it'll be a fascinating piece and i think that he will be i think that he'll he's you know his willingness to be open to the thing is also you know not everybody is is open to giving full access to their lives you know no, and, and most people, I would imagine, be. wouldn't be open to it. I, I think a lot of people want to stay kind of, you know, private in certain aspects, but he's always been a very social guy. Um, and, you know, I mean, all the guests we get on our show, 
I mean, he's putting himself out there, reaching out to some of these people. They could very easily say, no, screw you, you know, F off. But he has a way of, you know, getting these people and, and keeping them. I mean, he has us booked. He has guests booked all the way into next calendar year. I, I know that's coming up soon, but I mean this time next calendar year. Um, and to keep these people consistently wanting to do it, um, I, I guess it is, is interesting to me too because it's just one of those things where he's 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 definitely more I, – I just just by being on the air with him, he's definitely more than I think we hear every every Monday mm-hmm. night. And um, that's really kind of what I'm interested in, uh, in knowing about him because things he won't say to us, to Granny and I – I mean he's pretty open about things, but I'm sure there's things he won't tell us or he won't say at least on the airwaves um, that I mm-hmm. would be interested in knowing because I, I do want – no, I do kind of want to know what makes him tick. I do want to know why he does what he does and says what he says. I mean, that That's well, definitely something you that's know, interesting. I just wanted to touch on something really quick, too, because, you know, Mike, I I do not know. I have never met Big Swing or Icon personally myself. I live in Arkansas. I live in Springdale, Arkansas is where I'm from. And I how I actually got to be a part of this podcast was I actually called in one night because one of my wrestlers, one of my wrestling friends, his wife was a guest on this show. And I called in to listen to Chelsea Stackhouse one night. And that's actually how I got to be a part of this podcast was because of my friend, because of Sam's wife, Chelsea. You know, they asked me if I wanted to become a part of this podcast, and that's how I got to be a part of Attitude Era Live. I have ne- never met either one of these gentlemen personally, you know, I except just doing the show with them. And it's kind of funny because how you were talking about you know, Big Swing, how you were talking about how everybody knows the icon. Well, it was kind of funny because, you know, B, our good friend B-Train, who I kind of – I haven't done a show with him for quite a while because he's been kind of changing his routine around a little bit, and he knew mm-hmm. Granny's schedule was kind of busy. But he um, he used to work – I mean, he lived in New York, and he worked at the airport. And so he would see a lot of the WWE superstars. Well, he was – uh, one day, I guess Alexa Bliss, your favorite girl, Alexa Bliss, and Mickey James Alexa. was walking, was walking, you know, because he he was at the car rental place, you know, and and he mentioned Granny Holkster. Well, I got to meet Mickey James back in I think it was like 2012 at TCW. She was at a show at Fort Smith, Arkansas. Now I met Mickey James one time, and she remembered who I was. Just that. One time of meeting her at TCW, she says, oh, yeah, Granny, she's fascinating woman. But, Alexa, you don't want to piss her off because she will hurt you. <laughs> you know? And, I mean, I, I found that very humbling because I'd met Mickey James, like, one time, and she remembered who I was. And I just found that, you know, very humbling. But that's how I got to be a part of Attitude Era Live was – calling in to listening to my friend Chelsea on the show that night. And so that's how I got to be a part of this great program with these two awesome guys that I've Well, in a met. way, that's that's also <laughs> how Icon became involved because, I mean, we were doing this show back when it was called Off the Ropes, and he was that caller who would consistently call in and was very charismatic and, and you know, I, and Icon, no offense here, you know I love you, but it was almost annoying uh, about – 
certain things, and we were just like, all right, we're gonna. I was like, fine, we'll put this guy on, and then we put him on, <laughs> and it was it was interesting from from the get go, and he had a lot of points and things that he made, and he had wrestling knowledge and things, and we were like, okay, you know, and we never thought we'd hear from him again. We were just like, yeah, whatever, you know, and I'm just interested in caller, and then he called in the next week. And then he called it the next week. And then finally, you know, um, my my co-host at the time who helped put the show together with me uh, had family obligations and, and couldn't necessarily do it as much. And we decided, hey, you know, this guy, he can talk. He's not much mouth. You know, he's he's very you know articulate and he knows wrestling and seems to be passionate about it. Why don't we bring him on board? And he was the third co-host for a while before the other kid had to leave. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, very similar the same way. They both started off as just listeners and callers to the show uh and now you know they're, they're both part of what is becoming the number one podcast for wrestling on the internet so uh very, very uh, interesting how, how those come about uh mike Braden is our guest here we got about seven minutes here left and one thing uh mike i want to let you know is uh coming up in march uh hopefully you'll be able to come to fargo for that and i'll let you know when i know closer to the date but uh they are going to be uh, honoring the 1995 Class A Girls Basketball Championship team, which I was a part of, and uh, there's a lot of uh, lot of gals uh, that you could probably get a lot of uh, good uh, stories from, uh, you know, on how I was that annoying, you know, you know, I, I'll tell the story in, uh, you know, length on the documentary, but my 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 thought was I was going to be like their little brother. To them, I think I was more like that annoying cousin that they were glad that they only saw once a year. You know, <laughs> now, I, I, I I could I could be wrong, but that I think that's the way I was perceived. Yeah, you're probably not wrong though. I'll find oh, out. Probably not. You know, and you know the other thing about the documentary uh, that uh, you know for those of you who ever saw. The uh, the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. There's that scene where uh, you know in the hotel where you know Del Griffith is saying, "I like me." My customers like you know. In a way, I My am that guy. Me. Yeah, in a way, I am that guy. And every time, every time I see that scene, it brings a tear to my eye because I am that guy. You know, I am the yeah. guy that everybody takes the wrong way. And uh, and it's mostly my fault. I admit that. A lot of people take what I say the wrong way. And this documentary is a way for people to see the real me. And then I do have a good, or like they said in the movie radio, he he's a good boy, Coach. He's got a big heart. Just people don't take the time to see it is all. And that's another reason why this documentary is going to be good, because that way everybody can see why there's pain in these eyes and the whole, you know, uh, you know, it's not going to be a four hour movie, uh, maybe what an hour and 45 minutes, maybe, uh, you know, yeah. but that's, you know, that's the thing. And we, we have music for it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm working on getting some music from another, uh, uh, guest that we're supposed to have on coming up eventually, John Schneider. He's got a couple songs that, uh, he said that we can use. We'll talk about that later, but you know, the other thing about, uh, that people don't know about Mike is uh, when you're uh, independent film director, uh, you know, we got, we got about five minutes here left before we got to wrap it up. But uh, 
you know, when you're when you're putting your documentary together, you got to do a lot of editing, and you see a lot of the footage over and over again. My question is, when you're doing a lot of editing like this, do you get sick of seeing the movie again at the premiere when you do something like that? Because well, as many times as you've seen it. Well, I I think that. Having other people watch it, uh, that never gets old. But having, yeah, watching the same footage over and over and over again can be maddening. The problem that I've had as I'm getting older, and it shouldn't be this way, I'm actually in therapy trying to fix it, but I, I have I have kind of like an archiver's disease where I, I hold on to things too much. And the footage, you know, that just the the stuff that should be easily left on the cutting room floor, I have to, it's a big battle for me to cut things out. So shortening things and condensing things is actually a real struggle because I, you know, the moments that are captured to me are, there's so much gold, you know, there's, there's such good stuff there that I wish, yeah, that something could be four hours long. And, you know, that I, that I think that the story <laughs> takes more time to, to really learn something, but you only have the, finite amount of time to do it so i think that uh, you know with with embedding with you and 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 uh in, in getting the footage i'm going to be going to be very uh careful about uh, not not becoming too attached or too annoyed or I just have to take it in small small chunks and then uh yeah throw it up uh, on the big screen and see what people think it's going to be a pretty wild ride um Speaking of which, did you tell them that I came and got you proposing? Uh, uh, yeah, did you, we just did you share that news? That. We, got, we got Mike Braden as our guest here. We got about three minutes here left. Yeah, Mike uh, actually came down and he filmed uh, me proposing uh, to my now fiance uh, Bernadette. Uh, he, uh, as a matter of fact, he kind of uh, snuck up on me. I didn't. Even, I knew he was coming, but I didn't even know he was there until I'm like. Holy crap! That's Mike over there. You know, I mean, uh, you know, and I, I introduced you to a few people, and uh, you know, you can see the, the, the warmth. Yeah, yeah, you can see the warmth I got from all the invaders, people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that—that's you know, finding out where that lays in the timeline and things like that, because it's gonna—it'll be over the course of a year, basically, all the different things that we gather together, but that moment there is, you know, pretty spectacular to have you proposing on the field and the, and the, the news crew there and everything like that. And the, the whole team jumping up and down excited for you. It was a, uh, it's very heartwarming stuff. You have a good, a good life, my friend with good people around you. And then I got to meet uh, your father as well. And is he going to be open to being interviewed? Uh, Oh, I might have lost you. Hey, I'm there. You are. No, no, no. I, this is this is makes me. I, I don't know if Icon dropped off. Or I think what, we what, lost him. Oh no, that's weird. I think we right, lost right, him. Well, anyway, listen. There's only about a minute left, anyway, and the station here is gonna is giving me the thumbs up because we got to do Monday Night Football yeah. coverage because we are we are a carrier of Jets, unfortunately. So, um, we are gonna do that. And uh, but yeah, no, it was great, and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing that when it comes out and knowing a little bit more. 
And um, for anyone out there listening, uh, stay tuned because it's coming. It's it's 100%. It's, it's locked in. And uh, we'll see you guys next Monday. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Awesome. You guys take care. Thanks, Mike. Bye. Bye. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it made up in the day. And I can't allow you to think you can just walk away. So turn around and face the piper. You're gonna pay. Cause the end is now. This is gonna be a Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.